ho, ho. No, that sounds so weird. Is there like a Jewish version? Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> Welcome to the partial recall. He's, uh, he's French. Holiday <laughs> spectacular. It's a French Jew. <laughs> kind of a Dracula thing also. Uh... Hello, and welcome to the unnumbered, the first ever, no, hello, and welcome to the first Partial Recall holiday special. Yeah. I'm Daniel, I'm one of those, I'm here with my friend Yishai, the other of those. The other of the ho-ho hosts. hey Nailed it. You know how Christmas works. Yeah. Uh, we're a couple of Jews to tell you all about Christmas. That's what we're here to do today. We have gone on record uh, in previous episodes as Jews for Christmas. Have we not? Yeah. I mean, nobody knows more about Christmas than Jews. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. It's like how nobody knows more about Jews than Nazis. <laughs> or make that comparison. That's too straight of a line you just drew. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Yisha, why don't you tell people what this podcast is about and what we're doing here today? Yeah, so generally speaking, Partial Recall is a podcast about uh, movies that we've seen as kids that we want to sort of remember. And so in the first half of the episodes, we will uh, try to recreate the plot from memory, and then we will come back. We'll watch a movie, and then we'll come back, and we'll see what we got right, what we got wrong, and if the movie held up. And if it's a movie that we want to show to our kids. Uh, we've been doing this for roughly a year, year and a half. Um, and it is now, as we were recording, uh, Friday, December 22nd, and Christmas is fast approaching. And uh, we wanted to get a, an episode out to our listeners and realize that we have covered, I think, three movies that have some element of Christmas in them. So we thought we would do a little uh, Christmas special. Uh, I would say holiday special, but uh, we did not do... We haven't covered any holiday right, We movies. haven't seen Eight Crazy Nights, which is the only... Monica movie? Uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Not, <laughs> not a Hanukkah movie. movie. Uh, uh, yeah. But Attack of the Clones, that's the Hanukkah one. Mm, yes. Yeah, because yeah. they survived the clones for eight nights. <laughs> right. The and lightsaber. The miracle is that their lightsabers stay ignited. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we'll uh, talk. We're going to... Heavyweights? Heavyweights. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty Ducks had a guy named Goldberg. So. That's true. It's true, Mighty Ducks. He does mention getting a circumcision. Yeah. No, I don't think uh, there's been too many. I mean, we did Happy Gilmore. This Fifth Element? No, Fifth Element doesn't have any holiday angle. Yeah, I don't think any of the rest oh. do. The ones, the aforementioned uh, three Christmas or Christmas adjacent movies are Hook, uh, Gremlins, and Die Hard 2. I don't think... Does Rocky get that robot for Christmas in Rocky 4? I did look up if Rocky 4 is a Christmas movie. Uh, and I'll read you what, what it says. Is Rocky 4 a Christmas movie? Revenge, Nature versus Science, East Against West, Man Against Man, and a perseverance make for a wildly entertaining Cold War boxing movie. But they are definitely not Christmas themes. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, although I would... It's not worth talking about more than we already did. But uh, when Rocky's son and his friends are watching the mat, yeah, it's, it's Christmas. Christmas. So Rocky Four. There's a tree, but I in think the background. I think you sort of answer the question there, right? Like Rocky Four, in the in, in, in tweaking this slightly to be on our podcast. It's not just like what's the best Christmas movie we've covered, but like. What is the Christmas movie we've covered that is the Christmas movie we would watch with our own children mm. to teach to them about Christmas? Christmas? To teach them about obviously the birth of Christ. Rocky Four is not whether or not it's canonical. It's not a canonical Christmas thing, right? By vibes, it, it, right? I made the joke about, about teaching about the birth of Christ, but yes, my point. I agree that that to what is important to impart on our kids is the Christmas movie vibes. 
Like, what is worth watching at Christmas time to have, like, a good holiday cheer? Right. Okay, so we've got those three. And then uh, we're also going to talk about our favorite Christmas movies in general. Yes, right? because there are definitely, we've watched other Christmas movies that, as kids, that, yeah. we, that we love. Hell yeah. But let's start with what we've okay. covered. And I, yeah, so of the three, right? So we have Hook, Gremlins, and Die Hard. So, so we have Die Hard, Die Hard two. two. Sorry. So, so we have the worst movie we've covered. Yes. Which is not canonical and is not a Christmas movie. In that Christmas rules, it's see Hook is much more of a Hanukkah movie because in comparison to Christmas, Hanukkah sucks, <laughs> and Hook sucks. <laughs> what do you mean? Instead of one night of presents, we have eight crazy nights. Exactly. Instead of one length of a movie, it's like six lengths of a movie because <laughs> it sucks so much for such a long time. Yeah, I would I would contend uh, it's not a great Christmas movie. It does have elements, right? It he, They travel to uh, London. Uh, As my family has done for yep. Christmas this year, my Jewish family. Oh, yeah. um, th- during Christmas. And like in the beginning of the movie, um, there was the Christmas Oh, no, it wasn't even it was not a Christmas play, right? No, there was, was just a Peter, Peter Pan, Pan play. play. I don't even think there are Christmas lights anywhere in this. I think there are. According to this uh, Reddit post, uh, it has Christmas winters and some of the main themes are about family, and it has Christmas carols and plays. So at some point in the movie, but the point is that we can't even remember that. Doesn't Because the movie sucks. It's not so shot bad. through I, look, the Christmas eyes. It was directed by Steven Spielberg, which probably why is not so Christmassy. I mean, Spielberg loves Christmas. God, you haven't seen the famous. And the Polar Express. Is that him? That's Robert Zemeckis. That's Robert yeah. Zemeckis. The Polar Express is a better movie than Hook. There. The Polar it. Express has that. Come at me, that, Andy. Those, like, de- uncanny valley, like, dead eyes, right? Yep. Yeah. What a weird movie. Where, like, half the characters are played by Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks is very Christmassy, I would say. Yeah. More so than Hook. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, okay, so Hook sucks. Hook's not but it doesn't world. have a... Basically, we have a battle royale at the top. Yeah. Which is just Die Hard 2. Versus Gremlins. Which is definitely going to be your challenger. And Gremlins, which is mine. No, I would... Okay, so let's talk about that. Die Hard 2 starts out really strong, Christmassy-wise. Right? Like the airport. Snow, airport, huge Christmas tree. But as he's like coming through the airport, it ha- like it feels home alone dare I say. Um, Less Christmassy. No, super Christmassy. Like in the beginning of the movie, no, more Christmas. The first, the opening sequence of the movie, I was like, "Is this like?" It just felt so good. It would have been better now that you're saying that. It would have been better if the plot of Die Hard Two was he had to booby trap the airport with stuff that he could buy, like at Spencer Gifts, <laughs> like a duty free, so like like yeah, exactly. He's like buying all the little toys and like using them to make booby trap. That would have been <laughs> incredible. Strangle someone with like a travel pillow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that would, yes, been good. Exactly. that would have been incredible. No, it starts out really strong, and I think thematically, his wife is trying to get home for the holidays. So, like, there's that element to it. But it, I wouldn't say it's like shot through with Christmas elements the way that I think Gremlins is. Let's see, because Gremlins has all the things you normally have on Christmas. It has a bunch of monsters at your yep. house. Can attest. Accurate. It has not eating after midnight. Classic. Only Santa can eat after midnight. Otherwise, if you eat Santa's cookies uh, and milk, you turn into a Well, grandma. so he receives a present. Right. Gizmo is a Christmas mm-hmm. present. Why don't I read you this article about the four reasons why Gremlins is a Christmas classic we can watch year after year. Uh-huh. Uh, why is this night different than all yes, other nights? This is a, from Parade Magazine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the four classics. <laughs> <laughs> from the I gotta have gremlins. Uh, what does Rabbi Akiva say? <laughs> you can eat after midnight if you're leaning. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> these are the four four reasons why Gremlins is a uh, Christmas movie. Uh, number one, its Christmas setting is integral to its plot and presentation. First of all, because he receives the gift, right? So. I'm just going to read this. I'll read it quickly. Set in the fictional Rockwellian town of Kingston Falls, which echoes in It's a Wonderful Life's Bedford Falls, no doubt. So there's a Christmas vibe. Oh, and also the bank guy is like screwed. Yeah, I'll get to that. 
Uh, it's set in motion by the well-meaning if irresponsible father, Randall, uh, who buys his... Who is fat, like yeah. Santa Claus. Uh, so, yeah, he... He has a Santa Clausian aspect. He, yeah, he, so he buys the uh, present for him. That's, I'm not reading this, but yeah, that's the, that's how it's in motion, right? It's obviously, and it's also like, it's like a father trying to do something for his son, so it has kind of the holiday values of Remember family. that in the, in the, in the original version of the script, the mother's head is cut off, I believe. Okay. Is this like a Crusades reference? Is that what no, you're trying to do here? That's that's not very Christmassy. No. <laughs> Maybe that's why they toned it down. All right. It has the classic Christmas element of the love interest's father died when she was a kid because he dressed up as Santa Claus and slid down the chimney and got stuck. Oh, God. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yikes. Um, okay. So. Really brings, really brings the Christmas. Yeah. So that's the first reason. It's a snowed-in, yuletide-adored town. Uh, they say Billy Peltzer is a kind of lovable everyman who's always appealing, but especially at Christmas time. Played with subtle charm and affable modesty by Galligan. Billy Peltzer is indeed this Christmas tale's George Bailey or John McClane. Honest, hardworking, and the kind of moral, non-money-motivated... Yes, but the fact, the fact that they compare him to John McClane to show what a paragraph of Christmas yeah, he is but kind of makes the case for a Die, die Hard 1. I have another article that says Die Hard 2 is not a Christmas movie for all the reasons Die Hard 1 is. So, um, But you should have read the articles before. Because <laughs> you're just reading articles. Who doesn't like that? So that's why he's, okay, he's an appealing everyman at Christmas time. Uh, okay. has a, it's a Yuletide morality tale where Scrooges get their comeuppance. That's what you were saying before. Um, that the bank lady... Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. The bank lady is Scrooge because she's like, I will take your house. I will own all of it. Yeah. Uh, and the other guy gets trapped in the safe in the deleted. So, yes, they both get their comeuppance. Um, and then also like another cautionary tale. Billy's dad is careless in keeping the mogwai because he sees dollar signs naively and selfishly imagining the Peltzer pet flying off the shelves. That backfires. Very Christmassy. Um, is it? I mean, Yes. You know, that's like uh, that's like the Christmas Carol, uh, not Christmas Carol. Christmas, what's the like the, the Scrooge thing, right? Like Christmas Carol. That's like Christmas okay. Carol. I was thinking of like Christmas carols, um, in the plural, like the idea of Christmas carols. I thought I got confused. Um, Christmas? No, I don't know Christmas songs. You don't? Yeah, you do. I mean, I know you British Christmas ones. songs. Um, no Christmas pudding that they teach to three-year-olds. Uh, so that's that. And then the last reason uh, has an evergreen message about crass consumerism that's especially relevant at Christmas time. But again, I think that Christmas is secretly actually about crass consumerism. You know how sometimes there'll be a movie that's like really, really violent and it's a commentary about how our society loves violence. Mm -hmm. But really, you go to the movie because you love to watch that violence. Right. Right. This idea that Christmas is actually a commentary against consumerism and the way that we express our anti-consumerism is by buying so many presents that the entire area under my bed is filled with presents right now. What'd you get? Uh, I don't know what I got. No, yet. what did you uh, buy for? So the girls get. Tickle me, Elmo. Uh, my niece is here um, as well. So they got uh, unicorns, so like My Little Pony unicorns. They got Legos. They got a football, or as my daughter says, a football. A, a real football or a soccer uh, ball. A soccer mm, ball. Okay. A football. Um, they got... Uh, oh, they got these things called Sylvanian families. They're the, these little animals that are like dolls. Like a Tamagotchi? Uh, no. It's, it's just like the most adorable thing you can imagine. And you play with them in a dollhouse. Like, okay. I can't even explain it just to say like it's sounds, an adorable little sounds, doll. Sounds British family okay yeah and then what else did they get some books right. any kind of treats treats to eats lollipops. lollipops candy canes anyway there's a lot of presents under my bed what is <laughs> what is the the moral of christmas as a holiday it's jesus's birthday i told you so megan's family does this thing where they buy a birthday cake right um with that says happy birthday. Jesus. How does he fit all the candles? Onto it? 
It's been so many years since he was born. <laughs> well, so here's the crazy thing. One year we went, and I, they asked me to go pick up the cake. And so I went, and they wanted, like, like a scene on it. And so I went there to get it, and they handed me the box, you know, and the box, they like, because it was a bakery, right? Or it's a bakery at, like, the supermarket. And they took the order over the phone, and so they, like, wrote it down. And the, the note that they had pinned to the box that they gave me said, Happy birthday, Jesus question. <laughs> <laughs> like, even the bakery was like, I'm not sure that that's what they want. So I was like, you didn't put the question mark in there, did you? <laughs> uh, and then they bring it home and all the kids sing Happy Birthday to Jesus. That's very funny. Yeah, so even even in rural North Carolina, this is a slightly strange custom. Yeah. But but in truth, it makes a lot of sense because kids love birthdays. And you want to explain to them, like, oh, that's what Christmas is about. It's about Jesus being born. It's not about, like, booby-trapping your house. But isn't there, like, a broad... But isn't it really? But there's, like, a broader... There's, like, themes of family and togetherness. And it was something, what's the anti-consumerism thing? Cause like, is there themes of family? As a holiday... I think you're supposed to spend the holiday with your family, and you're supposed to like all Jewish holidays. You're supposed to eat a lot of food, right? Um, I was like, where did like the anti-consumerism message come from? Because like Jesus was pretty anti-consumerism. Was he? Yeah, I heard that Jesus loved guns and America, and that saying otherwise is offensive. The, yeah, that's true. Donald Trump is Jesus Christ's chosen president. <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> That's sort of a comedic tale, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> um, no, but like, I'm, I'm. This is this is really great. This is truly like two Jews trying to unpack Christmas. Is that where the anti-consumerism message comes from? That like he was a man of the people type deal? No, I, I honestly think that the anti-consumerism message is something of a trick. It like, like helps us feel better about like being so consumerist on like a correct. holy holiday type deal. It's like, remember, the most important thing is family. But remember to express to your family that the most important thing is them by buying them so many gifts. And so you continue to buy gifts. Like I think it is a corporate thing I think I'll, to make it anti-consumerist in a way that is so consumerist. I mean, unless, I think unless, I mean this lovingly, you're making birthday parties for Jesus. Like you're, you're, you're going to be celebrating it. In a consumeristic way. Like all holidays, pretty much. Yeah. Except for Yom Kippur. Right. <laughs> for the listeners that don't know, Yom Kippur is a Jewish fast day <laughs> where Jews don't eat for 25 hours. Just pray. And all they do is pray. <laughs> yeah. But like, I guess sticking with like Christian... The reason you've never heard of it is the previous two sentences <laughs> I just said about it. But like, I guess sticking with Christian holidays, right? Like Easter... Like, all these holidays have, like, a deeper religious meaning. But they've been mass-marketed and commercialized into, like, yes, egg hunts. but for and thousands bunny. of years. Right. I'm sure that probably uh, like, bothers. The same way that, like, I'm sure, like, the commercialism of, like, Hanukkah probably bothers, like, very religious Jews. I'm sure, like, the commercialism of Easter and Christmas probably bother, like, Deeply religious Christians, yeah, like those, like the, the the bad Christians in the Dan Brown books that are always whipping like, themselves, whipping themselves, yeah. and like I'm gonna kill some ladies or whatever. I don't remember those books. <laughs> well, that's exactly the plot. <laughs> but they're like, you forgot the true meaning of Christmas is whipping yourself and being albino or whatever <laughs> that guy's deal was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um. <laughs> So there we go. We solved it. Ghost is a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, not ghost. Powder. 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 <laughs> ghost. Ghost could ghost also be a Christmas, Christmas movie, movie, but for a different reason. Maybe like Ghost is like kind of like a, a Christmas Carol situation. Like maybe Ghost is the story of how Mary Magdalene had Jesus. <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> Christmas movie. Because first she made some pottery with a ghost, and then he got her pregnant. Yes. Yeah. No, I think... Uh, okay. So yeah. going back to... This is a good segue. Going back to our movies. Okay. So from what we just said, Gremlins is the best. Well, because Die Hard 2... But does this make Goonies a Christmas movie? In what sense? It's all about family? 
Yeah, I guess. And, being, and, like, and like plucky underdogs. trapping bad guys. Yep. That much more about pirates. Pirates don't really have much to do with Christmas. Yeah, that's fair. So Die Hard 2... I, I don't want to read the Die Hard 1 because we're going to do it in the in the show. But it says Die Hard 2's main themes are patriotism and duty, which are not Christmas themes. Although, again, as you said earlier about what Jesus really cares about, does he care about anything more than patriotism and duty? <laughs> I, I would say no. Um, but... I would say, <laughs> but I think it has the trappings of a Christmas movie, and this is a probably a good segue into. We don't have to bury the lead. We're going to talk about Home Alone one and two, but but where people criticize Die Hard two as like rehashing the exact formula of Die Hard one, but to diminishing returns, which I don't contend is true until I rewatch Die Hard one and probably will realize it's true. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pro maxishing returns. Ooh. the opposite of diminishing oh it, it's, it's better, better. it improves yes. yeah that really went over yeah, that, went, like a, that, that went over like die hard two over die hard one <laughs> um so i think like it, it it tries to replicate the template of it in that it's set at christmas time but it has the trappings but I, it doesn't feel as doesn't have the doesn't vibe. vibe so no i feel like i feel like gremlins so to put a point on it and then segue into the next topic I think that Gremlins is the perfect after dark Christmas Ooh, movie. Ooh, I agree. It's the the kids are in bed. Maybe your older kids are still awake. Now you can watch Gremlins. You've already watched Home Alone or The Grinch or Jingle All the Way, Jingle All the Way, Elf. or Home Sweet Home Alone or whatever Elf. And now it's like the kids are asleep. You're having a, an eggnog, and you're like, I want to watch something a little spooky, scary, yeah, or a lot of fun. Your tween is insisting on staying up late on Christmas night and you're resentful that you don't get time alone with your wife. So you put on gremlins, be like, this is a Christmas movie. And then they regret staying up. You think that they would, I think, I think my daughter would love it. Yeah. Yeah. She likes scary stuff. I mean, she's three years old. I, I will not show her gremlins. If anyone at child protective services is listening, I'm not showing a three year old gremlins for showing your, your underage kid, like a, a rated R movie. Isn't it just like a probably probably not rated R, but like maybe like NC seventeen. Like if you're like, look at this like snuff film, <laughs> right, right, like or like that movie Eight Millimeter, yeah, or like that movie I saw with the greaser stabbing that guy under the bridge because that really did a number on me. <laughs> Something I'm telling you, I'm gonna I'm suing whatever whatever cable basic cable affiliate had that on. Um, no, but I think before we get into Home Alone, what what. The defining characteristic, I think, of a Christmas movie is not just that it's set at Christmas, right? It's that it Christmas is inherent to the plot, right? Well, so, okay, so the plot let's happen, explore it with this, yeah. right? So, like, obviously Home Alone is a Christmas movie. It has all the right. things, right? The movie is set at Christmas. It is about Christmas. It is about family. It is about all of that. Is Harry Potter a Christmas movie? Because Harry Potter is not set at Christmas. It is not about but Christmas. But Christmas is always a centerpiece. There's always a scene at Christmas mm -hmm. in the movie, and a lot of people think it's a Christmas movie. And I think, to some degree, it's it's this sort of family-oriented, comforting, winter, old-world yeah. vibes. I agree. Uh, I think it's Christmas. It's funny, because I was thinking about the movies we've done. We've done I'm like, have we done Harry Potter? Because I would contend that's a Christmas movie. Because, like, right. it, yeah, I think it is... Someone who doesn't really get or observe Christmas. I think it is all about vibes when it comes to like Christmas movies. And so like, again, I would contend to a slight degree going back to Hook that even though like it not the plot doesn't hinge on it at all. Those scenes in London where it's like snowy and like dark out and there's lights like that still feels Christmassy to me. Yeah, Hook is trying to be a Christmas movie because it's trying for those vibes with like the piano jangling yeah. and the whatever. But the, the difference is that Christmas is good. Well, that's a good point. Music, I think, is integral to a good Christmas movie where I think that's where Die Hard 2 would fall away from being a Christmas dun, movie. Dun, 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 yeah, that dun, dun, feels so Christmassy, right? Very Christmassy. And I'm sure yeah, the imagine. score of Gremlins feels Christmassy. The score of Die Hard 2 does not. It feels like an action movie. I think it's almost like, um, what's that word? Uh, H-Y-G-G-E. 
H- uh, I know you're talking about Hugo, the, uh, the Norwegian uh, uh, concept of like it's that yeah. feel, right? It's like the sort of thing you want to do. It's a sweater, it's a hot cocoa, it's a sweater, a sweater yeah. and like a crackling fire. And then I'm going to put this on. If it has the vibe of those things, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. And Harry Potter definitely has definitely. that vibe. Not only does uh, Die Hard Two uh, not have that vibe, but he he's wearing like a ratty sweater. <laughs> It gets ratty so here's an outside the box one. Around. It is well, cliffhanger has snow and sweaters. He takes the sweater. Oh no, he puts it on. He loses his jacket. Puts the sweater puts on. It yeah. On. Is the board identity a Christmas movie? Oh, because he wears like the bullet hole sweater. And he wears the sweater, and he's like in Switzerland, and it's snowy. I think. It's probably There's not. too much Moby involved for it to be. Is it Moby? <laughs> it is Moby. Don't act like you didn't love that It is a great song. soundtrack. That's not Christmassy. That's like... That's like... This is good podcast because we're both just like <laughs> dancing from the shoulders up. This would be a good like social media clip. <laughs> just bobbing our heads around to an imaginary Moby song. <laughs> Uh, that's more like if you live in Berlin and uh, you're trying to dance off the Christmas carbs, you would go to the club. Right. And... That's like Berlin after dark Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, not, we're, too, we're not cool enough. For no. Um, also, for whatever reason, Jews aren't allowed in Berlin. Uh, there's something not very Jewy about Berlin. I, I cannot see it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, then here's a question for you. Phantom Menace. Christmassy, right? Immaculate birth, desert, Jesusy, definitely Jesusy. Right. But then, like a three wise men arrive at Anakin's house: Natalie Portman, <laughs> Qui Gon Jinn, and Jar Jar. Okay, Binks. but you know that, like, and they tell him that he's the chosen Jar-Jar one. Jar Binks is not a wise man. <laughs> he brings him myrrh or incense or silver. They arrive at Tatooine with a ship made of silver, right. like the wise men had silver with them. Or did they have gold? Well, shit. You know the viral video of the kid ripping open the present and being like, yes, yes. That's how Anakin yep. reacts to everything. So in that way, Christmas True. movie. Um, uh, no, Phantom Menace could be a Christmas movie because it is literally about the birth of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, super. That's a good point. Super Mario. Should we go back? Is it better than the? <laughs> uh, uh, no. Okay. All right. That's it. Okay. okay. The the so, or Christmas movie or you are that's a word right? It's like the ultimate. Er, er. er. Uber Uber Mitch. A lot of Nazi talk coming out of yeah. my end today. Yeah. Uh, or primitive original earliest. Oh, so that's probably not the right. The prototypical Christmas the, movie. The the. Plus, platonic ideal of a Christmas movie yes. is Home Alone. Home Alone. I was going to say, I was going to try to think of like what the funniest movie to say instead was like The Crow. Schindler's List. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's, there's four Home Alone movies now. I have not seen Home Sweet Home Alone. There are more. There's a four and five, I believe. Were they straight to video? Yeah. I think Home Alone Four. Yeah, two thousand two film. Oh god, this looks so bad. And then Home Alone Five, I believe. Yep. Every uh, Home Alone, f- like, is just a- another kid who's not Macaulay Culkin doing this on the, <laughs> the cover. Um, but then Home Sweet Home, Home Alone Four looks really bad. Yeah, well, Missy Pyle is in it. Who's that? Oh, yeah, I see her. Uh, Home Alone 5 also. And French Stewart is in Oh, he's the, he's oh. the bad guy from, from 3. He's also the bad guy in 4, I guess. So I guess that's the through line. But it was a... Uh, okay, it is a made-for-television movie. It's not even straight to Malcolm movie. McDowell is in Home Alone 5. As the kid? <laughs> He's too famous for that. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's called Home Alone, The Holiday Heist. 
Okay. But then Home Sweet... Made for television. Doesn't count. So the first... There are three Home Alone movies. And there's two Home Alone TV specials. And then there is Home Alone... Home Sweet Home, Home Sweet, Alone. Which Home I'm surprised you haven't watched because it's about a... Partially about an American family who moves to London. And it takes place in London. I didn't know that. Or, or, uh, or okay. vice versa. So... Yeah. We... I think the main thing we want to talk about today is which of the two original Home Alone movies is the canonical Yeah, because I don't want to get into my recollections of Home Alone because we're probably going to cover it at some point, right? I mean, it's a hard one to cover because I think I remember that movie like... Verbatim, like like word for Here's a trivia question for you. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm not looking at trivia, I promise. How much does the pizza cost in the first scene? They order 10 pies, 12 $122.50. $122.50. But then doesn't he give them like... He gives them a tip. And then he says, nice tip. Okay. What is the name of the polka band that uh, John Candy has? Oh. Uh, well, the, they're the Kenosha Kickers. They're called the Kenosha Kickers. No, yeah. We know we know, we know the movies well. But, but my question is... Like, I probably... Do you remember all of the traps? Yeah. Yeah, so like, it, I mean, I guess it'll be it'll be kind of like the Phantom Menace episode, except that we'll both remember. Yeah, it super fine. Well. So then let's just talk about it quickly. So for the listener who hasn't watched Home Alone, <laughs> what happens in Home Alone is that a Kevin McAllister is left home alone. Do you remember the first time you saw it? I don't remember the first time I saw Home Alone. I do know that I saw Home Alone two at a birthday party for me because yeah. it came out on my birthday. I believe in 1992. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that right? Yep, 90 was the original. 92 was the second one. Uh, yeah, so 90 I must have seen at home because I was I was four years old when it came out. Uh, or maybe I had just turned five. Uh, I turned, for my seventh birthday, we took my friends to see Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, in the cinema. In New York. And it was the coolest. Like, I was, it was the it best. Was so good. And this was, I believe... Uh, this I think I've I've referenced this, but I believe that the next uh, weekend I had a friend who was like, "That was oh no, it wasn't it wasn't the next weekend," because uh, I had a friend who copied tried to copy my movie theater birthday whose birthday was the week after mine, and it wasn't this Home Alone two one it must have been another one because I remember we went to see a movie and it was like incredible and then there was no other movies for his birthday party so they took us to see Powder. <laughs> Another Christmas movie. I remember the first time I saw Home Alone, because I don't think I saw it when I was like four, but I remember seeing it at my friend's house for his birthday. Um, and I remember like... It was Goldeneye. We went to see Goldeneye for my 10th birthday. And and my friend had to then go see Powder the next weekend. <laughs> that's rough. Sorry. Okay. Yes, go ahead. I remember seeing it at my friend's house. I remember which friend. I remember we were in his den. I remember his like wood paneled TV. And I remember the Home Alone, like, you know, logo with the blue house. And, like, I just remember, like, so distinctly because it was so good. Um, so, so yeah, I remember seeing it for the first time. And then I've seen it so many times since. Yeah. So when I was a kid, what I would do when my parents were out and I was home, not alone, because it was a babysitter or my housekeeper or my brother or whatever, I would just take these i had like rolls of paper like kevin had and i would just roll it out and i would draw the layout of our house and i would draw the traps i was going to do constantly yes i would just constantly make naps of our house and the traps that i would lay if burglars were going to rob my house i've done that that was a constant play activity i don't think i did it constantly Uh, i think we've all done the blueprint i spent a lot more time alone as a child as we've covered (laughs) in this podcast (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's so that was like my favorite thing to do. Uh, and then, I mean, I probably watched the movie a bunch as a kid. And then it was in college when I started watching it literally every Christmas. Right. I started that in high with, school. With Avi. Oh, nice. Uh, actually, uh, Avi and his wife, who has not been on the podcast, and so I won't say her name. Right. That's nice. I started that in high school. Uh, in high school, I started a tradition of watching Home Alone 1 and 2 with Oreo cookies and milk, which I've discontinued. Um, but that was... We did pancakes. Mm. So every which I've also discontinued. year, I guess, except for like the ones where we were... Uh, 
learning the Talmud. Um, uh, I've done that. Did we not? We probably watched Home Alone in Israel. How could we have watched it? There was no like TV on someone's level. laptop. They had it on a DVD. Yeah, maybe. I had Simpsons DVDs. Remember, I used to one of the rabbis used to borrow my Simpsons DVDs, but he lived in a community where you weren't allowed to have a computer, and so he would always pretend that he had to like sneak them in. Uh, he loved the Simpsons, but he was like, "We're not allowed to have a television or a computer," and so no one in my community can know that I have these. It's a secret. <laughs> That's uh, great. Uh, yeah, everyone has like a secret TV. Come on. Um, yeah, but it's just funny to imagine someone watching like. The Simpsons in their closet, like an adult man, like as if it's pornography. Uh, yeah, like it's a little, it's a little weird. Yeah, I uh, mean, Marge wears kind of like a tube top, though, doesn't she? There was one episode that I remember distinctly. He being like, "That episode was a little bit." <laughs> was it her hair? <laughs> it was her hair. He was like, "Her hair was uncovered." Um, yeah, it was a Shonda and a Busha, a Shonda and a Busha. <laughs> So I watch it every year at Christmas time, both one and two, back to back nights. Um, and you watch you watch both every, every year. year with my kids now. It's a big oh, wow. thing. Yeah, I don't. It's do a whole that. to do. Oh, we do. We do. We we did watch one last night while wrapping the presents. Ooh. So I I hold because I'm Jewish and we have like halachot about. <laughs> I don't like to watch it until uh, the week of. So like, so you have to watch it tomorrow, tomorrow night. Oh uh, no, uh, Saturday, like Sunday night. I'm watching the first one, and then Monday night, which is already Christmas, like Christmas, Christmas day. day, because it's a short because, in preparation for Boxing Day, right? So like, meaning it, if it came later in the week, I'd have all week. But like, it's, not, it's like almost like a three day holiday this year. <laughs> You're so. <laughs> <laughs> You've given it specific. Rules. So like, my kids were like, "Can uh, we watch Home Alone this calendar. week?" And I'm like, "It's too early. <laughs> you gotta get closer." If we have not reached plug hush plug home yeah exactly so ideally i would like to watch it saturday night and sunday night but saturday night uh i will be doing other things so yeah so we're watching it uh sunday night monday night it's gonna be great i can't believe you watch it every year we watch one or the other so our thing with feld was always we would watch one or the other one every mm. year on christmas eve and one year i remember Avi tried to invent a cocktail called the Macaulay, which was like, like mashed cauliflower. It had basil and balsamic vinegar in Ew. it. Is it a salad or a cocktail? It was. It was not very good. You no, know, here's how you would do like a Home Alone cocktail. You would put like Fireball whiskey in it because like the fire. The oh, torches. yep. You're, okay, okay. Okay. Yep. Um. That was my only idea. What else? Basically, you just need to invent a drink that would kill someone who drank it. Yeah. You you can mix in like some vodka to represent like the gasoline he puts in the the, the tank. Uh, Yeah. You would do like a a salt rim. Colored sugar around the rim. Sugar or salt around the rim. Yeah. Uh, As the broken glass. Um, Oh, you could serve it in a paint can. Uh, what uh, else? Yeah. So, like, yeah, you could do a Home Alone themed cocktail, but basil and, and <laughs> balsamic vinegar are not it. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember trying to argue that it was good, but it, it was not good. Sorry, Avi. The Macaulay was a failed cocktail. Uh, I like to watch both every year because I think they're so neck and neck and both so good. Like, where people would make the argument that Die Hard 2 is a diminishing return of Die Hard, like, I don't think Home Alone 2 Lost in New York suffers at all from following the same exact formula so I think a couple of things so I think first off as a kid I definitely liked Home Alone 2 more you think that's like an association to like your birthday party partially and also like it it, it ups things a bunch like you see Marv's skeleton <laughs> when he gets electrocuted yeah, uh, it also has like possibly my favorite line in the movie when they're they're arguing. He's like, "Do you smell that?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "It's fish." And he's like, "It's freedom." And he's like, "No, it's fish." And like, he goes, "I don't know why yeah. that line." And then, then he goes, "So much. it's freedom." And then he, by to himself, he goes, "And fish." <laughs> yeah, uh, like they, it's clever that it moves to another city. He's not defending the same house. 
He has to find a place to defend. He's not on his own blah, turf, blah, blah, blah. right? It ups everything in that way. It also it is too much, literally beat for beat, the same thing. I think, like, it even introduces the pigeon lady, who is the snow yeah. shoveler, uh, the shovel slayer. I have no, but turns the bodies into mummies. But I, have, I, it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me, but I, I, God, it even has the beginning scene where he's singing and buzzes, holding the candles behind his ears and like drumming on his head. Yeah, Home Alone 2 also rips. It's so good. I really like, I can't, it's so good. Marv says kids are scared of the park. (laughs) There's, it's really good. You know, I, where I think actually where it, it differs I like the traps in one better. I do think the traps are a little better. Specifically, my favorite. What's your favorite trap? Let's start with that. What's your favorite trap? <sighs> Both in the trap itself. You can split it. You can do two. So your favorite trap like setup and your favorite trap reception performance. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, which trap has the best? Yeah reaction oh god there's so many good ones do you have one in mind because I, I need to think why did you take off your shoes yeah why are you dressed like a chicken no my actual favorite is the when he puts the christmas ornaments below the window oh, it's so painful the way that marv goes through the window <laughs> so he's not wearing shoes he holds his feet up in the air and then jams them and then down. keeps going that's the best, like, performance yeah. of a trap. An underrated one. I, I think another good performance one is um, when Marv goes down the steps that are icy. Because he keeps, and then he, he splits his feet. Is, yeah. Yeah, splits um, his feet. yeah. Also an underrated one is when, in, in number two, when uh, Marv, oh, sorry, when, when Marv jumps uh, to the bars with the loop. And falls, and then the blob falls on his head. That's good. Yeah, um, yeah they're really uh, good. What's my favorite trap setup, though? The iron. The iron in Marv's face. <laughs> that's my favorite trap that's setup, because that's the one that you're like, okay, that's actually really clever. Yeah, like, he pulls the light switch. Also, it's the first one, I think, that would definitively kill him. <laughs> so many of them would. Uh, my, I mean, the paint can off the stairs is also the bricks just... off the roof. <laughs> There's <laughs> this, this, every trap in the second movie kills them. Yeah, right. The electrocution, uh, blowing up his head in the toilet. But my favorite, tra- he throws like a lead pipe down the stairs because yeah. remember they count the paint cans. My favorite trap actually, because it is so, uh, so much effort for so little. Is putting the tar on all the steps and then having the nail. nail. It's just so that each step gets the next thing off his foot. So he steps on a nail, which is like obviously like terrible, but like not as like in state. Like it's just a nail, although it's so you really see it go into his foot. Yeah, why did he not skip steps? <laughs> like once he realized he had to take his shoes he was off, so slow. It's hard to. St- to skip when you can't get your leg off the ground well. Um, oh, it's so good. I'm really excited to watch this year. Uh, the other, last year, two years ago, during COVID times, we're like, we were like uh, confined inside a lot. I live in an apartment building. Um, we heard our neighbors watching Home Alone through the wall. And I stood outside their door for like 10 minutes being like, I love this scene. I had just watched it the night before. And I just like, I yeah. really enjoyed listening to it. So that's the thing. I don't think Home Alone is going to be a fun episode to do. But I do think what would be a fun episode to do is Home Alone 3. Because first off, do you remember seeing Home Alone 3? I remember seeing it, but already realizing whatever age it was when we came, when it came out. Uh, Did you see it in the theater? Ooh. I don't think so. Because I think I like protested it. I'm like, I think this is bullshit. I didn't. I know I didn't. I remember like the bloom was so off the rose with Home Alone 3 yeah. that my parents were like, we're not going to see that. It's bad. Yeah. And I watched it on like pay-per-view. What I really disliked about the premise of Home Alone 3 is that they were like, it's 97 now. We're going to have like robots and gadgets and like 
that so, I think is just like the worst idea. The the first question I have is: Is Home Alone three a Christmas movie? It must be, right? It's a you'd assume. So here's what I re- can I tell you what I remember about Home Alone three sort of accidentally falling into a first half episode on Home Alone yeah. three since I don't remember that movie as well as Home Alone one mm-hmm. and two. Okay, so I believe he receives a remote control car for Christmas. Yeah. And inside that remote control car yeah, is like... a missile guidance system <laughs> uh, that was being smuggled uh, that his parents got that was supposed to be got by some criminals. And so then they are trying to get into the house so that they can steal this remote control so car. So it wasn't on Christmas because it was, it was a present. That was a Christmas present? Yeah, but I think he already got the present. So it's post-Christmas. Oh, right. And I also don't think that he's home alone. Right. I think his parents are there the whole time. Ugh. I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, Isn't but that's what I remember about Home Alone three. I almost want to watch the trailer to see if I'm right. We can watch the trailer. But the thing that uh, bothers me about this, yeah, John Hughes wrote this. That like, well, maybe he was just like, we can't do the exact same. Thing. Kills me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Should we look at the poster for Home Alone three? But we might as well just do. Do you remember? Anything else about Home Alone 3? I remember Fran- is French Stewart not in it? Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I was- he's not in it. Oh. It was just like a bunch of like Russian people. Is that like the idea? Okay, so here's the Home Alone 3 poster. Yeah. Oh, with like get this image. You just Googled it. It's just like him in front of the door and the people in the windows. It's him in front of the door. He looks like a fucking nerd. <laughs> yes. Like he's got the dumbest yellow backpack, like a he looks it looks like a life preserver. He's covered in like stuffed animals. He's got a pet rat like Stuart Little. He's wearing binoculars. It looks like he's carrying a flute in his pocket. Uh, he's got like a yellow game. He looks like he's going a flashlight and a wrench. He looks like he looks, he's going to join the cliffhanger team. <laughs> he honestly he he looks like he's going to shoot up Colorado. Like <laughs> he also looks like Anakin Skywalker. In two years. That's <laughs> true. I mean, I mean, becoming Darth Vader, becoming Colin yeah. What he's a rat and a parrot. The problem with this is that they're just like let's let's do everything. No, but he also he but you he looks like a nerd. Yeah, and then there's that's the big four thing. bad guys in uh, the window. Okay, so right? then there's four bad guys. One of them Adrian, appears Adrian, to be currently Adrian Brody. He looks like Adrian Brody <laughs> being electrocuted. Um, one of them looks like Adrian Brody who's frozen. <laughs> How did two of them come yeah. in, like Adrian Brown? And the guy in the bottom looks nope. like Jim Carrey. And he's got like like a raccoon face. Yeah. And then there's a lady who's covered in mud and has grass on her head. And they're like peeping through a door, which implies that they're inside. No, they're outside looking in. Um, and he's got kind of like ain't I a stinker face. He, crucially, is not doing the Home Alone face, which you pointed out in all the straight-to-video ones. It's just some other kid doing the yeah. Home Alone face. He's not, he's not doing the Home Alone it. face. He's kind of doing the hands-on-his-hips, like, ain't I a stinker face. Yeah. Uh, stunning stunts and special effects, a must for the kid. So this is where... Should I talk about... I guess this is... I guess we're going to watch... Are we, We're, we're going to watch this, right, and talk about it next week. I do think we should watch Okay, so should I not talk about the backstory of this movie until part two? Uh, I mean, what do you know about it? Well, so I remember, and I just read this to confirm, about John Hughes' involvement. Apparently he pitched uh, two and three at the same time with the idea that, like, Macaulay Culkin would be in both. Um, And then three was supposed to be Macaulay Culkin as a teenager, which I think was supposed to just be, like, a little bit of a different vibe as opposed to, like, the exact same thing again. So I don't know if it involved like this plot, but by the time they got ready for production, Macaulay Culkin had uh, quit acting. So they had to entirely rewrite the movie. So it was Home Alone 3 was supposed to be in John Hughes's mind, a, a, a continuation of the story, but like, again, different stakes. And then they had to scrap it all. It's filmed in Chicago. Do you think that it, the re- the way it's connected to um, the first movie is it's in the same house. Like the McAllisters moved out and they live in the house. I don't think so. That would be really funny if it was like a poltergeist situation. It's like this house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, based on the poster, it does not look like the same house. 
Um, okay, so I have a I have a copy of the VHS box. I'm going to read you the back. Okay. The U.S. Air Force has a new secret weapon, and he's only eight years oh, old. No. From comedy legend John Hughes comes the hilarious action-packed hit that's fun for the entire family. Kids News Network. <laughs> a band of international crooks, ooh, maybe led by John Lithgow, yeah. has hidden a military computer chip inside a toy car, but an airport mix-up lands it in the hands of whiz kid Alex Pruitt, who's home alone with the chicken pox in a quiet Chicago suburb. Also, his parents are, like, at work. So this is, does not sound like a Christmas movie. When the criminals zero in on Alex's house with their high-tech gadgetry, madness and mayhem kick into high gear as the pint-sized hero defends himself against the bubbling bad guys armed with an outrageous array of ambushes and booby traps. Uh, then we see a picture of the remote control car with a parrot and a rat. We see a picture of the four crooks in prison jumpsuits. Spoiler we see alert. A precocious leader, a precocious youngster uh cutting some looks like he's reenacting um home alone one Speed. no home alone one oh. when he cuts the uh oh cuts line. the wire that they're hanging yeah. on yeah and then we see the two two of the villains dressed as powder <laughs> <laughs> i mean there isn't really a better way to explain uh, it i assume they're supposed to be like they're, frozen they're in they're in white face uh, yeah, they're probably supposed to be frozen. You know what I like about this movie? Um, uh, nothing? <laughs> probably. But that the premise is like it's supposed to, I think, be like a bit more like updated and like modern, right? Uh, there's like gadgets and he's a whiz kid and like microchips. He's home alone with the chicken pox, which isn't a thing anymore. You can get chicken pox. When my daughter was like uh, seven, I... Uh, was that like a doctor's visit with her? And I was like, when does she get chicken pox? Like, I had chicken pox when I was like five. Like, why don't I give her like an oatmeal bath? She's like, she got a shot for that. I'm like, you invented a, like a vaccine for chicken? I had no idea. Oh, so funnily enough, they don't do it here. Oh. Uh, they don't do it here. It's not like required here. So my daughter got one. Uh, she's going to have her second one soon. But we had to, like, do it electively. Interesting. So it is more common there to get chicken pox. Yeah, I've seen some kids with chicken pox. But anyway, he's home alone with the chicken pox, which makes me like it a little more. Also, like, his parents left him home alone when he's sick. Chicken pox isn't sick. And he's eight, which is also a thing that would not That's happen. That's true. Although, again, chicken uh, pox isn't sick. But here's the thing about this movie. It sounds like it sucks. It's, yeah, it's a terrible premise, which is why it bothers me that John Hughes wrote it. Although... I bet he didn't really write it. I bet he wrote the Macaulay Culkin one and then, like, maintained right. credit. And they worked off of his script, so they had to give him a writing Yeah. Um, okay, I'm watching. I'm pulling up the Home Alone 3 trailer. I'm going to send it to you because we have now basically done a first half episode. This movie's going to suck, and it's going to ruin my Christmas week, frankly. But this is what I do for the podcast. I almost want to watch it before I watch Home Alone 1 and 2. You should make your kids watch it. Wait, so you said Saturday night you can't... I can't watch... Uh, Saturday night, I uh, have to take my son somewhere. So Saturday night is off the table. So Sunday night, Home Alone 1. Monday night, Home Alone 2. Some other day of the week, miserably, Home Alone Tuesday 3. morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tuesday morning on your phone, Home Alone yeah. 2. All right, let's watch the trailer. Okay, let's watch this trailer. Oh, my God, I hate it so much. It is beat for beat. Uh... Home Alone 1 and 2, but, like, in, like, a cool international espionage way. Like, all of the bizarre traps are, uh, like, the same. In like, uh, the rat instead of the tarantula. And okay, but did you notice there's one thing I really need to Scarlett Johansson? That isn't the same. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson plays his sister in this movie. <laughs> yeah, but even that, it was like, you're a disease, Kevin. In the middle of the trip. And then, like, the Buzz brother was like, everyone hates you. Yeah, the Buzz brother also looks so lame. I don't... Oh, it, this actually made me angrier. At first it started and I was like, I hate this because like, what is this? Like a weird like action movie because they have like all the action beats. And then right. they're just like, oh, this is like, <laughs> you know what this is like? In like uh, like Eastern Europe, they would like do like a remade ver like version of like popular American movies. <laughs> like that's what this reminds me of. <laughs> it's just like the same. It's a knockoff yeah, version. it's a knockoff version of Home yeah. Alone. 
What's that knockoff ratatouille? Uh, hold on. That's my favorite one. A ratatouille? <laughs> it's the Brazilian. Uh, uh, okay, so here's what ratatouille is about. Uh, I'm, I'm good. Is he played by? Marcel Tuing, owner of the best restaurant in Rio de Janeiro, must go on missions to steal ingredients from human restaurants to keep his meals the best. Isn't there a character named Marcel in the in Ratatouille? Maybe. Uh, that's my favorite one, Ratatouille. Is Matt, is Matt um, LeBlanc the voice actor? And does he say, how you Ratatouille? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly, he says it in Portuguese, though, because it's in Brazil. Ah, sure. um, the one of the henchmen was like really giving Martin Short in that. Yeah. Uh, and he goes in, he's like, gotcha. But he says it just like Martin Short in Arrested Development going, shoot me. <laughs> shoot me. Doesn't he, he, you hear it, he, right? Doesn't someone doesn't shoot him and he, he vomits afterwards? <laughs> yeah, dragon throws him. <laughs> Shake me. Uh, too much. Too much. That's what he throws off. <laughs> yeah. It's just something the body does when you shake it. <laughs> what a ridiculous show! Uh, yeah. So anyway, one of the one of the henchmen was definitely uh, uh, giving Martin Short as uh, the uncle in Arrested Development. Oh my god! I really hate this, uh, and now I hate this even more because I went to the comments. Underrated gem. The first two are gems that got the love they deserved. Well, you just sent that text on the Andy thread. About how Roger Ebert thought this was the best. Oh of the yeah, three. that was crazy, crazy. Uh, so maybe we'll have to watch it. Did he say best right. of the three, or did he say that this was good? He might have said it was the only good one. Ah, that was so insane. Uh, well, I guess I'm excited to watch it. Okay, so what do you think you're going to give this movie, and are you going to show it to your children? <laughs> give it a three, and I'm not going to show it to even. I've I've definitely seen it. But here, okay, here's a really good barometer of if it's actually any good. We love Home Alone 1 and 2. We've watched it repeatedly Correct. as kids. We saw it. We were 12 years We've old. We've seen this movie, right? Do you recall ever re-watching it? No. no. I think that should tell us all we need to know about it, right? Well, I think part of the problem is that Alex Linz is not Macaulay Culkin. I think the real problem is uh, everything about it. They just Frankensteined the exact same set pieces and neighborhood onto a, like, dumb plot. I mean, it sounds really dumb. There's no denying that. Does it, it take really place uh, at Christmas time? It's winter. It was released at Christmas time. It was released December 12th. Well, there's snow. There's snow on the right. ground in a bunch of the trailers. So it's winter. That's the thing. I don't think this is a Christmas movie, and I also think it sucks. So I'm going to say that I'm going to give it a four because I have to score it higher than Hook. <laughs> it definitely is going to rank uh, below Hook in Christmas vibes. That's my guess. Uh, I give Hook a three in the adjusted rankings. So, yeah, I think I'll give this movie a four. I that is scandalous frankly steven spielberg is rolling over in his grave rolling over in his money <laughs> uh, uh yeah no this movie's gonna be awful i'm uh, upset that we're watching it i also do plan on seeing the boy and the heron on christmas day oh that would be so good we could talk Spoiler about that alert. when we do the second half for home alone yeah. 2 home alone 3 but we're releasing this as the holiday special we'll cover the second half of home alone 3 in another episode we'll see how and the boy and the heron and if you watch godzilla we could do that also because i watch godzilla i really want to see godzilla i really want to how do we normally end this podcast we, thank you we uh, do please send us an email at partial at gmail.com yeah, follow us on uh, at partial instagram only we don't have an we X. do I mean, we it's do called partial we tweet call. talk about it it's the partial tweet the call name. doesn't even make any sense anymore partial recall at instagram partial recollects par- partial recollection that's how we should change our, our X handle, too. Boo. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, right. If this were the X factor, I would give that an X. <laughs> I don't actually know how that show works. <laughs> uh, right. uh, yeah. and um, Happy holidays to you and yours. Ho, ho, ho. Jingle, jingle, jingle. 
Enjoy some eggnog and Yuletide greetings. All of that. Pew pew. Shana Chabah.